Welcome to Phone Messages, Episode 25, Albert Eiler. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week I will be playing my ninth outgoing message. We are still in the fall of 1988, so let's listen. Hello, this is 684085 for home of the wonderful pet rat, Albert. And mom, if you come down, you must not get angry at Albert just because he is a rat, because he is very nice. And everybody else, and mom too, please leave a message. All right. So in this message, I provide a formal introduction to my pet rat, Albert. I first mentioned Albert back in episode 17, Joel's Love. In that message, Joel says hello to Albert. So my guess is he might be responding to this outgoing message. My recollection is Albert was acquired from a University of Chicago science lab by Anya Wolf who passed him on to me because she decided to have a pet cat instead. As with most lab rats, Albert was albino with white fur, pink feet, and red eyes. I named my little roommate after Albert Eiler, who is one of my three saxophone kings, the others being John Coltrane and Eric Dolphy. Eiler's unorthodox style never brought him much popularity, and he died in 1970 at age 34, found in the East River, likely from suicide. I am not sure how I discovered Eiler's music. As a WHBK DJ, each week I worked my way through the station's extensive collection of jazz vinyl. At the station, jazz records were organized and numbered by day of acquisition. This meant I started by looking at albums acquired in the 1960s. One of the labels I discovered from this time period that I could always rely upon for far-out material was called ESP. Named after Esperanto, the invented language meant to facilitate universal communication, ESP discs focused on avant-garde and experimental music ranging from Sun Ra to The Fugs. ESP's second album was Eiler's Spiritual Unity, and they would ultimately make five records with him. I also recall discovering Eiler on the discount shelf at Secondhand Tunes, located on 53rd Street. This was a fabulous record store where I probably shopped at least once a week. Below the main records bin was a long shelf of albums marked at budget prices, ranging from 99 cents to $3 at the most. Here I discovered treasures from artists whose sound was apparently too weird to sell, including musicians like Leroy Jenkins and Julius Hemphill, 
One of my greatest finds was Eiler's The Village Concerts, a double album released on Impulse. I think I paid $1.99, and it was in mint condition. Secondhand tunes, I am happy to say, survived the album sales crisis of the 90s and now thrives amid the vinyl revival, albeit under a new owner and name. It's now called Hyde Park Records. Returning to my outgoing message, I mentioned in last week's episode that my mother was planning to stay with me that fall in my studio apartment and that she would likely have to sleep on the floor using a single mattress that I had. For this reason, I am sure my mom would have been uneasy with the thought of a rat crawling around her while she slept. In the message, I try to preempt any bias she might have against Albert because he is a rat by saying he is very nice. Finally, the tune in the background is, of course, Albert Eiler from his 1966 Village Vanguard recordings. The track is titled Truth is Marching In. As Eiler's tenor soars, his brother Donald's magnificent trumpet provides the processional theme while Henry Grimes on bass, Beaver Harris on drums, and Michael Sampson on violin rumble before the earthquake begins. Well, all right, that's it for this week. But before I conclude, let me note I am on a brief fundraising campaign where I hope to raise $200 to cover the annual web and streaming costs for the podcast. So if you would like to put something in the hat, a Hamilton or a Jackson, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.